Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Welcome to the show. So we talk a lot with women who are either pregnant or maybe postpartum. And I think one thing that is not talked about enough is what women experience towards the end of their pregnancy when you have this huge basketball weighing down on your pelvic region or your lower back pain or your abdominal pain. And for that, I have with me today Caroline Christensen. She has a degree in kinesiology and a master's in science education. She is the CEO of Cabea Orthopedic Designs and the inventor of the Baby Belly Band Maternity and Pelvic Support Wear System. It is the leader in women's pelvic wellness support products. Hi, Caroline. Hi, thank you for having me today. Sure. Thanks for coming on the show. So I found you because I was doing a search for maternity belts because I am week 30 and I feel like all of a sudden I can't walk very well. (laughs) And I was having a great pregnancy and all of a sudden I can barely move. So um, I spoke with my midwives and I said, is this normal? And they said, yes, just get a good maternity belt. So that's where you came in because in looking at all of the belts online, I thought yours looked like the best for all around support. (laughs) Well, I think it is, (laughs) but, um, and you are not alone. So you have to know you are not alone in your discomfort that you're feeling because probably 75% of women who are pregnant experience some kind of uh, back or hip pain or abdominal pain. And so it's really common. And, um, and now, you know, even there's even more discomforts people experience as they go through pregnancy that they surely don't expect. And a lot of those discomforts include um, pelvic floor discomforts. So that's an area where you, you know, you feel very comfortable talking to your friends about uh, your back and, and lower back pain or hip pain. But when it comes to pelvic floor, uh, talking about the region down under is often kept quiet by women, which is, is not a good thing. Right. I agree. And I think it is so prevalent that when women do actually speak about it, they realize, oh, wow, you experienced this. So did I. And so many have and do. Yeah, it's true. And um, so pelvic floor issues and um, different pelvic floor issues, it's really three main ones. So um, one is vulvar varicosities. One is uh, pubic symphysis dysfunction and inguinal and femoral hernias. And they all are issues that can be um, relieved with uh, pelvic floor physical therapy and by wearing a compression support product like my own. And they can, and those interventions can really help to uh, make a person's pregnancy more uh, enjoyable and make their family feel more enjoyable too because when a mom is down with uh, pelvic pain or back pain or any kind of pain like that it really interferes with the whole family function and so we're our goal is really to help women experience a more joyful pregnancy and educate people on uh, things they can do to alleviate the pain in those areas 
Yeah. And I think it's um, wonderful. And when I was reading about you and how you came up and why you came up with this product, I said, oh my gosh, I hope that's not what's growing inside my belly. But you had a 10 and a half pounds <laughs> baby girl. <laughs> so it must have hurt. Oh my gosh. Well, here's the ironic thing about my baby girl, Ava, is that she, uh, I, I was in great shape. You know, I was, I was just, I was athletic and I ended up having a, a, this baby that got really heavy pressure on my, um, my lower abdomen, abdomen. And I it developed an inguinal hernia, which is one of those pelvic floor discomforts. And I just barely could walk and or lift my leg. So I developed this product because my doctor told me there was nothing I could do. And that really bothered I, I was just a scientist. And I said, of course, there's something you can do. That, that's right. what I do. <laughs> so I developed the product and I, um, at that time and I, um, I, I put on the groin support and compression support in that area. And boy, when I wore my invention at the time, which was very different from what I, it evolved to be, I could walk, I could do everything. So it was really um, doing something about the pain uh, just changed my whole family and changed my uh, outlook on life because I wasn't in pain. And that was key. And now my daughter, the funny thing about her being 10.5 pounds, she was my easiest delivery, if you can believe that. Wow. Wow. You're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) ironic. Wow. But she wasn't yeah, like is... easiest of kids. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. So I mean, so many women think pregnancy is this happy moment in life. And they're, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's so great. It's so great. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the medical issues that are painful, because pregnancy is supposed to be this wonderful time. Yeah, that's true. And Especially with the pelvic floor issues, um, there, there. For instance, the pubic symphysis dysfunction. Um, the three main ones. The pubic symphysis dysfunction is just something that a lot of women get, and it's pelvic pain. It's actually pelvic joint pain, and so that can happen in two places. It can happen in the pubic area. Or it can happen in the sacroiliac joint. And what's happening is the pelvis is your body produces this hormone called relaxin. And it basically relaxes the pelvic bone for birth because you have to Mm -hmm. widen your pelvic bone so a baby can come out. But sometimes the relaxation is a little too much on those joints and the joint begins to separate either in the pubic area or in the sacroiliac joint. And so um, compression uh, support in those areas can really support that joint so it doesn't progress to become a really painful situation and, and oftentimes interfere with labor and delivery. And that's the same with the vulvar varicosities. I mean, vulvar varicosities are not a pretty thing. They um, are, are basically swollen veins in your vulva or vagina, and, and that is just not, not, um, not great. And so if women feel pressure in that area, they should absolutely go to their doctor or go to their, um, 
ask their husband to look or their partner to look or, um, you know, get a mirror and look and find out if they have vulvar varicosities because compression support on those can stop the progression of them. And those can be dangerous in labor and delivery. So they can all all these things can lead to C-sections and we don't want that. That's not something that that's a major operation. So you want to avoid that with all possibility. Exactly. I agree with you. So your support belt, there's definitely a lot of different types out there. There's the kind that goes just right underneath your belly, which is what I had in my first pregnancy. And I tried it this time and it did absolutely nothing. And then there are others that have looks like a million different straps going on, which I wonder how on (laughs) earth would anybody put this on every single day. But that's why I love yours, because it's very basic, but it has more than just the under the belly compression. That's right. And um, so women can start their pregnancy with just round ligament pain, which is basically ligaments in their uterus stretching. And that causes like the abdomen where you feel like you got to hold your belly up. And so you can start with a support belt for that. Um, and then with my with the baby belly band, if you develop more issues throughout pregnancy, you can just Velcro on the compression therapy groin bands for pelvic floor issues, or you could Velcro on um, the shoulder straps, which are an integral part for lifting the belly and just adding that extra support. And the great thing about it is if you're exercising during pregnancy, you should absolutely be wearing some kind of support band. But the shoulder straps on this just really give that extra support if you're bouncing a little bit or something Mm -hmm. uh, where you're doing more um, uh, impactful exercise, uh, it really can support it. And then you can remove them later when you just need the abdominal band. So it's a very unique product. And I'm very proud of, of the product. It's helped, you know, thousands and thousands of women throughout the time that we've had it on the market since 2007 and been yeah. very effective. That's phenomenal. And what a great product and a great service that you provided by inventing this. So thank you for that. And where can people go if they, I know I was watching some of your YouTube videos, where can people go for more information and to learn more about the product? Well, the best place is to go to my website, which is babybellyband.com. And that's the best place. We also sell on Amazon. Um, But if you're wanting the personal care uh, that we give women, it's the website's the best place to hit, hit for the product. And we'll Great. give us a call and we'll talk to you too. So humans Perfect. will talk to you. <laughs> that's, yeah, you don't get that a lot nowadays. And so that's really nice, especially when a woman is trying to figure out her sizing or whatever. And you go into great detail on how to make sure that everybody gets the size that they need. Caroline Christensen, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, she is the CEO of Cabea Orthopedic Designs and the inventor of the baby belly band maternity and pelvic support wear system. Don't forget, you can follow us on social, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Passport Mommy. And you can head to my website passportmommy.com to read up about different travel ideas and product ideas and all kinds of good content. Coming up, we're going to talk with Marshall Stevenson about what it's like to leave your little girl or boy for the first time with the parents away from home. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. And I have with me my good friend Marshall Stevenson. He is a comic and dad to his beautiful little girl. 
And I love chatting with Marshall because we are we have kids about the same age and we're experiencing things, you know, as they come for the first time. And some of you may be listening and being like, yeah, I know, been there, done that. But this is new for us. And I have to say that one thing that is new for me happened in the last few days. So hi, Marshall. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks. So guess what? Uh, about three days ago, my parents took my daughter for a few days. And that is the first time she's almost two. And I've never left her with anybody alone without me being there. And uh, I have to say it was a very interesting feeling and a lot of emotions went through, you know, at the beginning. And um, it's funny how those emotions are kind of a little different now. Well, now, did your husband ever take her? So you're not with like, because your because my wife once in a while will stay at her parents' house with the baby and then I'll be alone in the house. And so I've already had that sensation of the baby not being around. So uh-huh. it's about like actually having her with a babysitter or not being around for you? She has never been away on an overnight. So I have maybe gone out for a few hours while my husband stayed with her, but that was about the extent of it. She's never been out of the apartment where I have a night's sleep to myself or um, anything like that. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Although you do wake up like you're like, she woke up at 4.30 yesterday, so I'm going to wake up at 4.30 today, <laughs> even though she's not in the house. <laughs> exactly. So when I first dropped her off, I was FaceTiming all the time. And I was like, what did she eat for breakfast? What time did she wake up? What, did, what is she doing? Da, da, da. And I missed her a lot. And I thought, wow, it's really quiet around here. And I'm looking in her crib and she's not there. And then after I let that settle and I knew that she was in good hands, I was like, oh, I could take a breath and this is really nice. And I could actually get things done and go places during the day instead of sitting home while she's napping. It was just, it was really nice to have some time. You know, the operative part of it is that you were confident she was in good hands. See, once in a while, my wife will stay at her parents' house and the baby will stay with me. This is so my wife can get caught up on sleep, go to bed at like eight or nine, But inevitably, my wife, I'm not sure, is so confident that when the baby's (laughs) with me, she's in such good hands. Oh, no. No, no. (laughs) No, because I take care of her during the day. But I get texted 9.30, 10. So I write back, (laughs) what the hell are you still doing up? (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. We're reading a book. We took a bath. Everything is fine. Right. Go back to sleep. Yes, I understand that. Uh, we have that, not though. yet left her with like, you know, my, my mother-in-law takes her on Fridays, but not overnight yet because my wife is not confident. It is. I think it's actually that the bedtime routine has gotten so difficult mm. that we could not possibly expect somebody else to have to endure that. It would not be fair There's not enough money in the world to pay a babysitter to have to go through the nighttime ritual to actually get her down. I think that's what it is. But I'm going to say that when my wife has her, now we know that she's in good hands if my wife has her, and they're both out of the house, that is fine. 
I don't go over to the crib and go, oh, I say I get my work done, I get my sleep done, I'm going to have a beer, we are fine. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know, I couldn't believe, and especially, so we live in a very small apartment, as you know, and so usually when she is sleeping, lights are out, and so it's very hard to get anything done after maybe 8, 39 o'clock at night. So to be able to stay up last night with the lights full blast until midnight doing work, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And it made um, me feel so- 14 again when my bedtime got to be like 930, <laughs> you know, it's right. just like that, free, that feeling of, oh, my God. I pinch yes. myself. The lights are on after 830. <laughs> my God, what freedom. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I wonder, you, you're saying that her bedtime routine is a little difficult right now. Some things that I have noticed. Oh, I didn't say is, that. I said it was hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and I don't know if this would apply to your daughter, but I have noticed that some things that are very difficult that she gives me a hard time about when she's with my parents or somebody else, easy peasy, doesn't fight them doesn't stay up, doesn't ask for this, doesn't ask to be tucked in 10 times. She just accepts that they're putting her to bed and that's it. And I wonder if your daughter would do the same if she was with somebody else and if she just does that because she knows she can with mom and dad. I have a question for you on that one. Uh, Would you uh, like to take her for uh, several nights in a row next week? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, I'll put her in the crib right next to my daughter. you'd have the magic touch. She wouldn't think... (laughs) About, you know, asking for pizza at 10 o'clock at night if you were putting her to bed. She wouldn't think. She decides when it's time to go to bed that she's going to come up with every request possible. Water, (laughs) milk, food, another book, Mm -hmm. watch TV, whatever it is. And it's very urgent and has to be taken care of right away. And we've already established that we're pushovers, so it's gotten worse and worse. By the way, I don't know to get off the topic, but the bedtime, I don't know what to do next week. She's been going to bed at 10 o'clock, which is our outer limit of what time is acceptable. When right. daylight savings times come, this is going to be 11 o'clock. Oh, gosh, that's right. That's right. It was okay the other way around. It was kind of nice because it helped them adjust to an earlier bedtime. Hmm. Well, maybe this week you just like try to start gradually getting her to bed a little earlier each night. That's right. Maybe we can explain this to her while we're <laughs> while we're doing it, that we're transitioning to the new daylight savings time. You know the problem with explaining daylight savings time to a to a two year old? What's that? I can't explain it to an adult. It makes no sense to me, like to me. So how could I explain it to a two year old? Doesn't make right. any sense, daylight savings time. I know, I know. Anyway, but I don't it's cruel because when you're dealing with, uh, when you're dealing with bedtimes and stuff, routines are very important. And to screw it up by moving the clocks an hour this month and moving them back an hour, it's cruel. I, I didn't. I used to like it, but terrible now. Terrible. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's very hard for kids, and it's uh, yeah, it's a, they are they are like clockwork. I mean, I know my daughter wakes up at a certain time every single morning. And, you know, nighttime, maybe it fluctuates. She gets to bed somewhere between eight and nine o'clock, maybe sometimes a little after nine. But um, I agree with you. I agree. 
Well, I wish you luck next week. I think we all need it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me, as far as all the requests that she asks for at 10 o'clock at night, because my daughter will go through, you know, it's first it's tuck, tuck, tuck me in. Then it's water. Then it's blankie. Then it's this. Then it's books. And it's this stuffed animal and that stuffed animal. And I try to have them all in her crib so I can say, here's your water. Here's your blankie. Here's your this. Here's your that. But still, and I have to say that I'll tuck her in and I'll walk away and I'll say, oh, thank I give out that breath, you know, okay, woof, done for the day. And then She's up, talk, talk, talk. And this can go on for a very long time. And it's very frustrating because just when you think she's tucked in and she's off to sleep, she's not. And when she stays at your mother's house, which is, uh, we've established, is a great relief to you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that? Like she doesn't no. talk, talk? She just goes right to sleep? Right to sleep. And in the pack and play, which she's pretty much almost grown out of. But yeah, she's perfectly fine in the pack and play. And she goes right down and she doesn't cry in the middle of the night. I've noticed she's been crying sometimes here in the middle of the night. Nothing. Unless they're just not telling right, me something. So you, have a, so you have a solution then. Change custody to your parents and, uh, <laughs> and, and leave it be. You know, you, you, you could visit. You'll yeah, get sure. used to the empty crib. You'll... Over just a couple of weeks, you won't miss her anymore. It'll oh, I don't know about away. that. <laughs> It'll. By the way, going back to that, I do think, and my my wife and I have been discussing this. I do think that it's really important to get kids out of their comfort zone. Now she's obviously, and my daughter's doing the same thing. She's testing us. She's pushing our limits, and then for whatever reason, she doesn't feel like she can do that with the mm-hmm. babysitter. But I've been pushing to have her stay with a new person, stay with a play date when we're not there, stay overnight at grandma's, like keep introducing within reason because you want to like right. establish your, but you want to keep on pushing them out of their comfort zone because that's when they learn. That's when they can do new things. So if you keep, you know, if the kid is antisocial or something and you got to put her in social situations to get her more acclimated to social situations. So if you're nervous about sending her, I mean, obviously the plus side is that you get to stay up at night and watch the Tonight Show and all these things you never get to do, but they'll keep the lights on. Your life is very exciting. But the important part of it, I think, is the (laughs) development of having her get a chance to have to go to bed in a different way, in a different place. And this is, yes. this, I think this is part of, you know, I'll tell you to keep introducing new things. And my wife is always worried that it will be hard for her. And I said, well, the harder it is for her, then the more value you get out of pushing her through that. Now, obviously, if she actually has a meltdown and she freaks out and she has some traumatic experience, you push too hard. Right, staying at your parents' house, clearly, I mean, she should stay at someone else's house. We should have a baby sharing system, you and I, (laughs) so that every other night I can sleep and every other night you can sleep. And they can have sleepovers. And what do you think? It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Although I wonder how it would be if they had to sleep in the same room because then they keep each other up, right? One goes to bed, the other one wakes up, demands the other one. Or maybe they would just play off of each other and both go to sleep. Who knows? Well, now, what if we just screw the bedtime, close the door, let them talk to each other, because the later they stay up, the more the morning you'll have, no? 
<laughs> no, no that doesn't seem to that's work in this household, no matter all. what time. Oh, really? It doesn't work for you because it works for us. If she no. goes to bed late, she sleeps later. Oh, yeah. No, no matter what time she goes to bed here, she wakes up at the same time. And sometimes I find that the later she goes to bed, the worse she sleeps because she's not on her routine. I find that if she goes to bed by 830, she sleeps really well. And if she goes to bed at 930 or 10? Then she still wakes up early and sometimes she cries during the night and it's because she's overtired at that point. And then her body doesn't sleep as well. I don't know. Bedtime's hard. Bedtime's really hard. Yeah, so it definitely is. out, have them acclimated to a bedtime or whatever, then bring them back and see if you can do it that way. There you yeah, go. I agree. I agree. Well, you know, we should talk. We have one more segment and I want to continue talking with you because I know that you had a thing recently where maybe there was like a little bug issue in your house and you were debating whether, you know, what you should do around your two-year-old, what kind of example you should set. So hang on, Marshall, and I want to talk to you a little bit more. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy, and don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Passport Mommy. You can also go to my website, PassportMommy.com, to listen to this show and any others that you may have missed in the past. And again, I always love chatting with Marshall because he's a good friend. He's a comic. He finds the funny and everything, even parenting, which is not always so funny, but we go through all these trials and tribulations together. And if you are a new parent, you can relate. And if you've been there, done that, you know what it's like raising a little one, especially as they're entering into their terrible twos. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Check out the website, PassportMommy.com. There's all types of content on there from travel to helpful baby products. And if you're thinking about going somewhere really soon, you know, summer is just around the corner, you could check out some great child-friendly and family-friendly destinations on air, or you can listen to this show or any others that you may have missed in past weeks. Just head to the radio section and you will see all of the episodes there. And I love having people on the show. And you know, when and with the guests that have been on the show, I always post their links on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So if you are looking for any of the products or anybody that I have spoken with, you can usually find them there as well. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson. Passport Mommy with Michelle Gerson is a show about the journey of motherhood. Joining you on your greatest adventure, here's Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. We've been talking with my good friend, Marshall Stevenson. He is a comic and a dad to a two-year-old. And we love chatting about all types of topics that come up as new parents that we go through on a day-to-day basis. Marshall, you were telling me that you had a little bit of an ant problem in the apartment recently. That's right. We had ants. And she'd see them and say, you know, we'd say there's an ant and don't worry, it won't hurt you. But... um, I was trying to kill the ants, and every time I went to kill the ants, she'd run up beside me and to watch what I was doing. And then I was like, I can't kill the ants. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't show her that this is the answer. That has to be an alternative. So then she's next to me, and I'm about to kill the ant, and then we watch the ants. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. And so did you when capture them? The ants- the ants go marching one by one, and then she moves out of the room, and I step and I start stomping. But the problem is, when you, if you have ants, then you get, you know, 
then there's more than one. So I'm right. stomping on the ants, and then we buy, you know, the the trays. And uh, But I, it's just, you know, it's one of these things, like when do you start – I'm sure every family is different. When do you start killing bugs in front of the kids? Like that's an okay thing to do. I actually slightly feel bad to kill an ant. I mean, they don't they don't bother. You know, but right. they're, I mean, maybe fire ants are bad, but these ants are like you know, you watch them in the row and they're funny, and you know, she thinks they're funny, and I can't kill them in front of her. When can I start? <laughs> I maybe you can the put them. I can't kill them in front of my two year old. <laughs> can you put a jar around them and capture them and be like, hey, we're going to release them outside? Okay, so you agree with doing a ruse also. Like, you can't kill the ants, right? You can't kill the ants in front of a I, two-year-old. You know, I don't know. I have a little bit of a different perspective <laughs> because I just, you know, I get very skittish when I see any bugs in the house, especially around my two-year-old. And I have to say that we started having a carpet beetle issue and um, they were here when I first moved into this apartment and then I hadn't seen them in quite a while. And then recently they started coming back. So I got really freaked out when she was sitting and playing and there was one right next to her. And I know just like ants, carpet beetles, they're, they don't have diseases. They can't do anything. It's just, they're just there and they're just annoying. But I don't want them there. I don't want them in my house. And so I smashed it, but I don't think she knew what that was because it was one isolated thing. She she didn't see the ants marching one by one, you know. <laughs> so and she didn't see the crush. She didn't see the death. She didn't see you snuffing out a life. I feel like <laughs> killing a carpet beetle in front of a two year old is like killing a dog in front of a two year old. <laughs> what is no. it? They don't understand death. They just see you being violent. You know, you have to actually, you know, reach back and find it in yourself to kill. And I don't, I don't, I used to have no problem doing this. And now my wife's vegetarian. Now I, you know, now I have trouble with this. Right. Oh, that's Maybe funny. it's me. Maybe I have trouble killing an ant. I've gone too soft. Maybe I should just be like, when we see bugs invade our house, we kill. <laughs> well, lesson, you know? <laughs> I don't know. My husband is like that. Unless it's a bug that's harmful, he will not kill it. And he'll go to great extents to make sure it gets out of the house alive. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you can work on capturing it somehow and, and then saying, look, we're going to make our, you know, our own house and then release it outside where the ants really want to be. I don't know. And then when she's right. not looking, you smash all the other ones. <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> this is what the heart of it is, is I'm telling you, like I have trouble killing the ants. And so I certainly can't do it in front of her because I feel guilty. I feel it's wrong. I feel <laughs> like I'm doing something bad in front of her. So it's because of the guilt that I have for killing the bug this is why I'm having trouble doing it in front of her. I'm figuring out as I'm telling you this story. Right, right. Well, that's funny. I, um, yeah, I guess I don't share in that guilt. I understand what you're saying. Um, but my, I guess I feel I want my house to be clean and safe. Not that, that ants are going to make it unsafe, but, you know, for my kids. And so anything that gets in the way, I get rid of. <laughs> I feel like I should leave out food for the ants, you know, they're, they're not bothering me. And uh, <laughs> anyway, she's right. like, ants, ants, there's another one. There's another one. I'm like, oh, my God, we have another one and another one. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Maybe okay. Can... And then I go to smash and then I can't. 
Right, right. Oh my goodness. Well, Marshall, I feel your pain. (laughs) Maybe you could put on natural traps or something, but keep me posted. Let me know what happens with the ants. And if not, you have new family members. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It's always fun talking with you. I'm Michelle Jurisson, the Passport Mommy, and thank you for listening today. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Have a great rest of the day. Passport Mommy with Michelle Jurisson. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.